This is Preach Freedom by Alex Mole. Let's get talking. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Mole with Preach uh, Freedom Podcast. And with me on the show today is Jerome Brown. Jerome, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Pastor Alex. Well, Jerome, for those listening, Jerome is an electrical engineer. He's a family man. He has a master's in computer engineering from Florida Atlantic University. He has been a Pentecostal adherent for over 44 years. So, Jerome, welcome to the show. Is there any other thing you would like to add to your background that you want the audience to know? Well, you know, let me say first of all, again, thank you for, you know, having me on your program today. And um, it's, uh, you know, a pleasure for me to be here and interact with you for us to have a a fruitful discussion. Um, As far as me, you know, I am just, as you say, an electrical engineer. I've been doing it for several years. I, you know, started off early in my career, then I switched to another career and I came back to electrical engineering, you know, got the ball rolling second time around and here I am, 15 years later, still pushing. So it's been a wonderful experience and I'm keep on going. Yeah, still pushing. But Jerome brings a very unique um, perspective to the question of social justice and the Pentecostal church because Jerome actually has served in a Pentecostal church for a long time. And, and even up to recently, Jerome was serving in the media department of a, a mega uh, Pentecostal church down in South Florida called Christian Life Center. Jerome was one of the members of the media team and was involved in stage management as well. Jerome um, brings a very unique perspective because Jerome is an immigrant to the United States and comes from the Caribbean. And Jerome will be able to shed light on our topic today. Like I have shared with you, Jerome, on a private note, I am writing my dissertation on the praxis of social justice as it relates to the Pentecostal Church in South Florida. So I'm going to be asking you a few questions that will lead us to the key thesis of our discussion today. But first of all, how long would you have considered yourself to have been a devoted Christian? Well, like I mentioned, you know, I grew up in the church, so basically all my life I have been groomed as far as, you know, Pentecostal, living the Pentecostal church and, um, you know, just believing in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ. So I would say, you know, I've been a devoted Christian for my adult life and also in growing up with my parents, you know, I've been also in the church. So it's been my entire life. Wonderful. How how long would you say you have attended um, your local church, the Christian Life Center? Christian Life Center, I started Christian Life Center in about 2005. So that would make it, what, 15 plus yeah, years? Yeah, 15, 16 years, yes. Yes. So, yes. So about 15 going 16 years. Yes. Wonderful. I know the demographic of the church is predominantly Caribbean and also a mixture of Latino as well as uh, other nationalities. It's a multi-ethnic congregation. And would you say the demographic of the church, of your local church, have changed in the last five to 10 years? Yes, I believe it has changed, you know, um, you know, 
just like anything else in life, you'll always see changes and uh, CLC is no different. Um, you know, we've experienced so many things over the past couple of years. We've had new pastors, lead pastor, Pastor Tom. We've had other pastors that have, you know, transitioned through the system. Not just pastors, you have leaders in the church who may have moved on or other leaders joined the church. And when that transition happens, you'll find that the, the, the attendees, the members of the church, that will also be influenced. Now, you know, over the past couple of years, I must say that um, I see where uh, the Caribbean influence has grown significantly in the church at CLC. So, yes, it has changed drastically. And, and I would say that uh, fundamentally, a lot of the churches down in South Florida that have a Pentecostal tradition tend to attract a lot of Latinos and Caribbean, the West Indians, because of the kind of music. It has right. that Calypso feel, that, you know, vibe, bombs. <laughs> So the Caribbeans are naturally attracted to it, right? That's correct. It's all energetic, you know. Caribbean music is energetic. The Latino music is energetic, you know. And the Pentecostal religion itself is energetic. So it brings all that together, yes. Yes. Now, we're going to go into the question of of the Pentecostal uh, tradition and how it actually influences um, your perspectives. But before we actually do that and also jump to the question of social justice and holistic ministry, what do you think? Do you think the church in Florida, the church in South Florida, is caring enough for the community, in your opinion? Well, you know, we can say that the church is doing a lot. Is there more to be done? Yes. But how practical is it, you know? Because the church can extend themselves so much and no more. It also takes interaction from the community. So if you're reaching out and they won't reach back to you, then it makes the job of the church uh, much more difficult. Now, irrespective of that, we have to be ingenious in our approach. You know, for those who aren't reaching out to we, we may have to take another approach, you know, in trying to get to them. So, yes, the church is doing a lot. You know, we have, um, you know, drive-through prayer. That's something that's really popular. And, you know, that started at Christian Life Center. So that was something I think was very ingenious. And the numbers that, you know, they've seen passing through the drive-through prayer, for example, it's tremendous. And I've seen other churches that has, they, they, adopted what we have done at Christian Life Center. We have, you know, we march through the communities and we have, uh, we do prayer walks. That's something that the church is also doing to try and reach to the people. They may not come to the church, so you go out there to the people. You know, you have the food bank where you try and help people. You know, you have them come in, you know, you help them with whatever, the grocery, or you may help them at home to do um, chores or anything like that. And in doing that, you're able to talk with them, to minister to them, not crowd them down, but, you know, share a word or two, and that would come in as some form of encouragement to them. And it may just 
open their minds and their hearts for them to make a visit one day. So, yes, the church is doing a lot, and um, I'm real proud of them. But, you know, there's more to be done, and I'm sure that we'll be taking strides, you know, as the days go by. I actually love the fact that you gave very specific examples. Yes, yes, because Christian Life Center, we're doing a lot, you know, and um, Pastor Tom is very creative and his staff is very supportive. So, you know, all these ideas, they do come together real well. You know, in the Easter, they'll have stuff for the kids, you know, while everyone out there is trick-or-treating, you know, we have stuff for the kids to bring the kids in because if the kids come in, then the parents will have to bring them in. When the parents come in, then you're able to talk with them. You never know. You talk with them. They may just like it and come back again. So, yes. Yeah, but a lot of the ideas that you actually referred to are the ideas that are done within the walls of the church. Now, mm-hmm. among different organizations and different um, um, theologians is the idea that if you break it down, that the South Florida church, you, you separate the Catholic denomination with the, from the Presbyterian and from the Pentecostal, that amongst these denominations, that the Pentecostal lag because the other denominations are more proactive in going into the society why the Pentecostal church are comfortable to do things within the walls. Now, the idea behind the Pentecostal tradition is obviously because the Pentecostal church tend to thrive in the gifts of the spirit, emphasis on the Holy Spirit, prayer meetings, revival, then the tendency is that there's a de-emphasization of social gospel, of social works. So a Pentecostal is more likely to focus on revivals than to focus on doing social works that have an impact on the community. Now, you mentioned that you agree that the Pentecostal Church, particularly Christian Life Center as a case study, have done a lot, but you now made a caveat that there is still more to be done. I like that point of view. Also to the fact that you gave a specific example that drive-through prayers is one of the things they do, but if a church does drive-through prayer, is still expecting people to come within the walls of their church. So the question that would arise in that case is, why not take the prayer to the police station? Why not take it to the government offices? Why not take it to the community rather than expect the community to come to you? So my thesis actually emphasizes the idea that the Pentecostal church has not done enough to impact the community. Now, if you take a statistic, how many people in Fort Lauderdale know in terms of percentage that a church, a Pentecostal church in South Florida is doing drive-through prayer? Well, you know, it's hard to pick a number, but I can say that if you're driving on Commercial Boulevard on a Friday evening, you will see it because there's always um, well, I wouldn't say a line, but you'll always see a car turning in. You'll always see uh, the members, you know, on the sidewalk with their signs pointing inward saying, hey, you know, come in, you know, we got something here for you. But, you know, just to touch on a point that you made um, about other religions versus the Pentecostal and, you know, being out there beyond the walls. 
but the way I look at it is this. Um, a lot of other religions are very socially well. So when you mean religion, you're talking of denominations now, right? Right, right. Yes. denominations. Okay. For, for the lack of a, for a better word than denominations, they are more socially welcomed. Now, if, for example, Catholic, you know, a lot of people identify as a Catholic or, you know, uh, Jew or something like that. But as soon as you say Christian or Pentecostal, then, you know, the eyebrows would be going up. You know, they'll start to think about some crazy people that go around making a lot of noise, you know, that kind of stuff. So that makes it a little bit um, socially difficult to interact with people. Even though that may not be the case, but, you know, the perspective that many have is what's kind of hindering. And if you, when you approach someone and, you know, you'll talk with them or anything like that, as soon as you start mentioning where you are or what you're about or, you know, anything like that, then you can see some distancing going you know, coming between you and the person. But if you would listen to, let's say, a Catholic talking to another person, it's fine. So it's, that's what makes it difficult. So you're saying that people look at Pentecostals with suspicion? Yes, they do. Why? Why do you think so? Well, it's just, um, you know, it's almost a rule of thumb. for the lack of a better way to express it. That's just the case, you know. You're looking you know, at you know, Pentecostal as, you know, they'll say it's a noisy church. You know, these people, they talk, they talk in spirit, they do crazy things, they, you know, they say stuff that no one does, you know, you don't understand. But you don't see that in a Catholic church, as an example, not picking on Catholic, but, you know, it's one of the easier um, examples yeah. to give. You know, Jerome, Someone made a statement that sometimes some believers or some Pentecostals are so heavily minded that they are no earthly good. That they are so focused on heaven that they don't seek to impact their neighbor. And that's where where the criticism comes. That in as much as there's a place for the Holy Spirit and the activity and manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, but still, there's still commandment that Jesus gave to us as the church, that when I was hungry, you gave me food to eat. When I was in jail, you visited me. When I lacked resources, you provided for me. And the disciples asked, when did you do those things, Lord? He said, well, if you do it to your, the least of these, you have done it to me. That's so correct. in as much as we, ha- we, the Pentecostals tend to love revivals, um, there's still a place for reaching out to your neighbor in a language they understand. Yeah, that is the language of love. So the the criticism is the Pentecostals have to not just engage in a Pentecostal gospel, but engage in a social gospel. That's true. Okay, you see, uh, take a look at it again. Um, you know, we have stuff like um, if you think back, simple stuff. Uh, if you think back in the days, a rally. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. You know, or you will have, um, let's say, you know, some special event at church. Uh, CLC will have stuff, you know, 
in January, which, you know, by the way, we should be having something, you know, fasting and prayer and revival services soon. When those stuff go on, it's hard to get people in church because they're going to be thinking that, oh, you know what? It's going to be a whole bunch of crazy noise. And the next thing is that at the end of it all, it's not just all nice and fun. They're going to ask you to come up to the altar and nobody wants to do that. So that's one thing that makes, you know, people scared of um, the Pentecostal church. However, you know, for not picking on the Catholic again, but you'll go behind closed doors, you know, you'll, you know, go do your confession and then you'll walk out. No one sees you, no one knows you were there. So, you know, it, it makes it a little bit um, difficult for us. You know, it's somewhat, there's somewhat of a deterrent. Okay, so your question is, sometimes some of the practices of the Pentecostal church becomes a deterrent for yes. causing an impact to people around. Now, let's look at it another way, and let's go to some of the other aspects of social justice, because one aspect is care for the community. Another aspect is um, racial discrimination. Yes. Um, another aspect is oppression. Another aspect is um, sexual orientation, sexual identity. And these are issues Pentecostals tend to shy away from because people have different views about it. People want to sometimes stick to the traditional values of, of the faith and yeah. they feel of the new ideas, the progressive ideas of social justice tend to encroach on traditional values of the Christian faith. But now, because of the sensitivity of all that, I tend to want to restrict my thesis in my dissertation to three aspects. Number one, care for the community, um, care for the oppressed, and also care for those that are the poor in society, those that are the brokenhearted. So looking at the idea of the oppressed, and in this case, racial, the racially oppressed, yeah. what is your view about um, Black Lives Matter, um, George Floyd, and the role of the Pentecostal church in responding to these issues? Okay, so Black Lives Matter, you know, there are so many different angles that you could look at that. It's, it's you know, it would take more than an evening conversation to really dissect all that. But um, they mean good, they mean well, and I can see and understand where they're going. But I think personally, and this is just my personal thing, it has been thwarted somewhat, you know. Many people may just jump on it just for, you know, you know, jump on it as a bandwagon and, you know, distort the idea for their own purposes, their own good, you know, whatever their motive is. So it started out, or the intent of it then would be for, you know, bringing awareness to social injustice out there. But being twisted and turned, you know, here and there, it's going in all different directions right now. How does a church play a part in it? You know, biggest example of what went on was George Floyd. That was the tipping point. Now, where does a church come in? Can we just jump and say, hey, you know what, we're going to go and Black Lives Matter, run on the road, do all kind of crazy stuff. No, we can't. But we can still play our part. There are peaceful demonstrations. 
not everything that goes on is crazy like we see on the television. There are peaceful demonstrations, you know. Um, you can participate in those. It All it does is that it requires numbers. That's the main thing. They want to see that people do care, that people, you know, are aware of what's going on and people want to bring their point across. So if five persons were doing a march, yes, someone would notice. But if you multiply that by 100, there would be uh, more eyes on it. So as Christians, as Pentecostals, as children of God, we can do our part, which is to contribute to, let's say, a peaceful march. You know, when there are uh, aspects for us to go and vote on, you know, as Christians, we don't shy away from it because it's expected that we too would, you know, partake in, um, you know, in this kind of stuff. However, what I would say, and this is, um, you know, taking the words and the ideas from a pastor that I heard, he said, look, when you're doing this stuff, you know, you evaluate, let's say if you're voting or whatever it is that you're doing, evaluate each case for what it is. Then you voice your opinion or you cast a vote or you participate accordingly. You don't look at everything and jump on it and say, hey, you know, I'm going to tear this down. Or I'm going to support this. I'm going to support that because there are different aspects of it. Stuff that you would say um, do in Fort Lauderdale or how you would do it in Fort Lauderdale. It may be a different scenario in Miami or maybe a different approach in West Palm Beach. But as Christians, we ought to think about this because we don't want to be like everyone else that you just grab an idea and you run with it because you don't, it doesn't matter to them, you know, how it looks. Um, you know, what you're suggesting is this that Pentecostals in South Florida should have a different approach in addressing this issue. Yes, yes, I think so. And you know, it's surprising, you know, you, with all that's been going on for the past year and all that, you know, it, it's very interesting to see comments and, um, you know, discussions that have circulated across the media from people of the church. And you would sit and you'd say, wow, you know, was this the same person I was sitting beside on Sunday or something like okay, that? So in your perspective, how should the church address the issues of social justice? It's hard. There's no hard and fast rule on it. You can only give godly counsel. And thereafter, you leave each person to use their judgment one would hope and anticipate that based on the godly counsel that you provide them, then their response in whatever the scenario is, whether it's voting, it's a march, it is anything, would also be along that godly approach. All right. So your first step is the leadership of, of the Pentecostal Church, of the local Pentecostal Church, should begin first by seeking godly counsel. Correct. Then secondly, they should now begin to appeal to the hearts of their members to mm -hmm. be able to take steps that they are comfortable with, but they yes. should take steps to address the issues that they are passionate about. That is correct. Remember, you can't 
or you shouldn't, or it wouldn't be wise for you as a leader to say, hey, go and vote A or go and march Sunday at three o'clock or anything like that. However, when you explain and you discuss and you give counsel in that area, then you would leave someone to sit and think within themselves and say, you know what, based on what Pastor said, I think this would be a good and godly decision. Let me go and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. And obviously, uh, non-profit churches that are non-profit uh, allow, are not allowed to endorse candidates. Right. So they cannot begin to campaign for any polit- political party or candidate. But yet, they can you know, remind their people to do what is right by exercising their own constitutional rights. I think pastors and leaders of local Pentecostal churches are in a fiduciary uh, place. They have a, a responsibility, a leadership uh-huh. responsibility based on the Bible to be able to teach their people what God expects in the yeah. area of justice. And it comes down to one thing, the principles behind the word. Yeah, the principles of the word of God. Yeah. Yes. So if the principles are you know, brought in front of everyone, the principles are dissected, the principles are explained, then it would give each person a fair chance to sit and digest what was given to them and go make decisions accordingly. Provided they're willing, there's a willingness part about it also. So it's not just on the leaders. When the leaders do their part, then us, as children of God, we have to be willing to do our part. Awesome. Awesome, Jerome. That's such a good word. When the leaders of the churches do their part, the members should do their part. Yeah. So we, have, we, we are running out of time. Do you have any final words to be on the area of social justice and the role of the Pentecostal Church in South Florida? Any final words before we end the show? Well, what can I say? You know, um, it would be good to see, um, you know, all the leaders come together and do just like what we're saying, sit and counsel its members, you know, not to mock as you would see often happen or not to chastise or anything like that. Just godly counsel. Sit and talk to your people, you know, line with them, not just standing up there on the podium, but, you know, when you're talking with them one-on-one, you know, line with them, talk with them, interact with them, and let them see your perspective too, not just the counsel that you're giving them, but you can say, hey, you know what? This is what the word says, and this is how I feel about it too. Get personal, and then they will, you know, they, they stand a greater chance of believing in what you're saying believing in what you're preaching and able to practice it and be willing to practice it also. Wow, that's so good. So thank you so much, Jerome, for your point of view. I think based on what you said, a lot of leaders of local Pentecostal churches are actually afraid to share their own personal views for fear that they may lose membership. So, you know, that is a good admonishment for local leaders and church pastors within this area within South Florida. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
So, guys, that's all for the show today. Jerome, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thanks for having me. God bless you. God bless you too, and uh, you have a good one. Thank you so much. So, uh, for our listeners, that is all we have for uh, today. But please, subscribe to this podcast. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe.